Hey, welcome to the podcast M&A War Stories. You're joined by your hosts, Robert Heaton and Toby Tester. Each week we walk through our experiences of M&A projects where we've been involved and we unpack the good, the bad and the ugly. Our purpose is simply to leave you with valuable lessons that you can use in your M&A projects. And so let's not waste any more time and get this podcast underway. Hey, Toby, it's time for our weekly podcast. How are you today? Fabulous, Robert. Fabulous. Let's see. Here in Sydney, it's a hot day. Got up to 31 degrees, 31 or 32, right up there. And it's a public holiday here in New South Wales. So, yeah, great day. All right, on two counts, I'm not going to say anything further than that. Now, you've got an interesting story to tell today, the preparation, just like the real estate people say, location, location, location. Your lesson here is preparation, preparation, preparation. And I remember you in a previous podcast, one of the lessons that you outlined was you've got to think like the buyer. That's the case here. And if you do, you can attract a price premium when it comes down to divesting part or all of your your business so do you want to give us the background to it yeah by all means robert yeah look it's a, it's an interesting story and it's one that i think just basically brings that key message preparation preparation more value anyway it was a uk listed engineering business and they brought me in to help acquire a global computer analytics business that was put up by the for sale by the parent firm now it was interesting because the buyer had done plenty of acquisitions in the past, but this was a bit different and new because it really was in the area of cutting-edge computer analytics. And they saw this as an opportunity to effectively transform a traditional engineering business and bring it into the digital world. So it really was kind of like a transformational type deal. And yeah. so it really was quite special. I mean, it actually had the ability to increase their capabilities, cross-sell digital solutions to customer base, and grow revenue like never before. Without stealing your thunder, this is coming back to what we talked about over the past few weeks. When you're a engineering business and you're acquiring a technology business, part of what comes with that is the IP. And we've said before, you've really got to pay attention to the IP to make yes, sure that have. you understand the quality and the ownership of it, because it's not a tangible, you can't look at it like a piece of machinery. It's an intangible in that sense. But anyway, look, that's just a thought that popped into my head. I won't steal your thunder. Please go on. <laughs> We've um, spoken on a number of podcasts, and we do find ourselves coming back to the same old topic of IP. And I think sometimes we come from it in sort of different directions, this whole notion of IP. And so Anyway, let me go through and talk about the IP in this particular circumstance. So look, the seller, as a potential buyer was finding out, was going through some financial difficulties and really wanted to sell this business quickly because that was going to be a massive cash injection to pay off its debts. Right. The buyer, on the other hand, not quite naturally, wanted to acquire the business and its IP as a standalone operation. It did not want to be exposed quite naturally to the seller's financial position. And so yeah. for that reason, and for others, I should say, it was risky. Now, to compound the problem, the seller had no experience in selling or separating a business before. So this was a totally one-off, never in its corporate history had it done anything like this before. And so it got a certain amount of advice, and that advice was you've got to carve out the business in a financial sense. 
you've got to carve out the business in a legal sense. And then once you've done that, you're ready to go to the market and obviously with the information memorandum and see who would be potentially interested in this business as an asset. So if I just summarize, if I've just heard you correctly, here's a company wanting to sell. They've taken advice from what I'll call a backseat driver, Yeah. but they're actually managing the divestment themselves, but they've never done this in the past. They're getting advice. They're, and it's actually a well-known uh, advisory business that they were getting okay, advice. Right. But I think that perhaps they weren't... They actually didn't have somebody standing at the helm steering this process. Yeah. That they were doing... The, oh, gosh. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so anyway, look, the thing is, is that they saw this really as an opportunity to acquire this business. And it was a digital business. It actually was quite successful. The parent was not financially successful. But this little business was a nice little nugget. It was doing quite well. Thank you very much. Now... The buyer was clearly frustrated, and that's when I was asked to help work on the seller side to really map out what was required to carve out the business totally. And so it can be a going concern, a full-blown going concern at transaction close. And this meant not just the legal side, not just the financial side, but the operational side, and importantly, the IP side. Yeah. So after intense work with the seller and, and working with them up front, they turned around and said, Toby, we've already completed the carve-out. What, what are you talking about? We've done it. You know, the, the carve-out's been done. And I thought to myself, okay. Now, I think well, it was a kind of a misunderstanding, I think, on their side, that they really did think that they had done everything. But again, they didn't consider everything. In other words, they didn't consider the systems, the technology, they didn't consider the data, the organization yeah. structure in terms of people and responsibility, so it was a discrete business, the physical location of the people, the contracts, and of course, the IP. So anyway, then they obviously saw there actually was quite a lot of work to do here. So I did work for them for quite some time to really carve this out to a point whereby it was most certainly a going concern at close and reducing the risk significantly for the buyer. And there was some transitional services post deal, but it was significantly less and significantly less risky than would otherwise be the case. Yeah, you're not kidding because, I mean, we just said that right up front. Legal separation, yes, you've got to do it. Financial separation, yes, it's good practice. But that's just touching the tip of the iceberg, particularly when you're dealing with a technology company because the IP, the software, is essentially, that is the business. That is it, the IP. It is the business. And it, you know, it comes down to that whole software whereby you need to be able to make it totally discreet from the parent firm yeah. and also that you can build the product the software product independently yeah. of any external yes. sources yeah and of course that goes all the way down as again to being able to support because those existing customers come with you and the existing support contracts and you need the expertise in the business the technical expertise of people to be able to provide ongoing support and development and and the list goes on. Indeed, indeed. Yeah, so anyway, look, I mean, the result was the carve-out work was done sufficiently for the bar to take control, operational control at deal close. And that was the task at hand. And look, to be honest, Robert, there are some lessons here. Very simple yeah. one. As I said it once before, to attract a price premium for a divestiture comes down to three things. Preparation, preparation, preparation. Yep. More preparation, more value. So I say, always think like a bar. 
understand their needs and wants, reduce their risk. Carve out a business, make it as future ready as possible for the owner. And I think I'm going to interrupt you because I think when you say carve out the business, I think the message in this is pay attention to the detail when you're carving out that business. Indeed, indeed. Devil is often in the detail with this sort of thing. And um, the other key thing, of course, is always keep full control of the sale agenda. Don't let the buyer drive it. Now, in this particular case, you could see that the buyer was actually getting me to work on the seller side, and they'd lost control of the sale agenda. And that is a bit of a no-no. So always keep control of the sale agenda. Don't let the buyer drive it. And Yes, use transitional services agreement. They are important. Use that for a fast and clean sales process, but don't use it as a tool for transferring risk to the bar. No, absolutely. And I think what's just gone through my head while you've been saying that is that this very neatly ties back So anybody that's listening. There's other podcasts that we have done where you've extolled the value of thinking like the buyer, and you've gone into that in a bit more detail. There's also episodes we've done where we've talked about the challenges of really getting under the covers of the intellectual property, particularly in a technology. And of course, it's not that long ago that we were talking about transactional service agreements. Indeed. And and how critical they are often to the clean transition of a sales process. Indeed it is, indeed. Yes, so there you go, Robert, another story, and it all centers around the common themes when it comes to uh, divestments. You've you've pulled a lot together there, Toby. It it sounded like a short conversation, but it's not. You've covered one hell of a lot of content. (laughs) And as I say, I think the closing point is preparation, preparation, preparation. More preparation, more value. Yeah, that's a good one, Toby. Excellent. Now, I think, as usual, that's a wrap. Thank you for that one today. That's been really good. We've got a a guest joining us next week, and I'll provide some details of that when we start next week's podcast. But a gentleman by the name of Daniel Levy. And other than it's my task to just say thanks very much for listening, and bye for now. Goodbye.